I'm Sarah, and welcome to the We Should Be in the Kitchen podcast, a podcast where my friend Liz and I talk about all the things we usually talk about at our weekly Sunday lunch, or today, Saturday lunch. (laughs) These topics vary from the hilarity of day-to-day life to theology, from how adorable our dogs are to the nuances of faith and life in this interesting cultural moment, all from the perspective of two women working in ministry. We might not get to share a meal with you, but you're always invited to this table. Today on our eighth episode, we have a special guest, Olivia Anderson. Olivia was one of my youth group kids when I was a youth pastor. She lives in LA and is a comm major at Pasadena City College. She's transferring to Cal State LA in the fall, which is exciting. She's also a great pet sitter and a regular listener of the podcast. Today, we'll talk about New Year's resolutions and reservations. And as always, we're excited to talk about all the things with you. So thanks for joining us today and pull up a seat. I'm Sarah. Thanks for joining us on the We Should Be in the Kitchen podcast. I'm Liz, and it's hard to believe this is our eighth episode already. It's weird. We're here with our friend Olivia Anderson. Hi, I'm Olivia. I'm the guest. Yeah, she's our guest guest today. You're our second real guest on the show. We've had other people drop in, but you're like the official guest this time. Right. You guys haven't had a long-term guest yet. No. No, not a recurring Mm -mm. one. Mm -mm. Wow. Well, because a lot of men really want to be on this podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. And we're like, no, because it's called the We Should Be in the Kitchen podcast. Mm-hmm. So our friend John was on the podcast. Yep. The second, so third? Something like that. Second or third episode of the podcast. And he didn't think he would like it, but he actually really enjoyed himself and <laughs> has talked about being on the podcast again. Um, but we have not invited him back yet. <laughs> not because of any, like... Not because of anything. It's just... It's also been Christmas and stuff, and we've been busy. Oh, yeah. Late, By the so. way, Happy New Year. Hey. Happy New Year. It's 2020. It's 2020, which is so bizarre. Yeah. I was just crazy. talking to somebody today, um, my old youth pastor and his wife. I actually spent um, New Year's of year 2000 with them, and that's when, like, Y2K <laughs> was Oh yeah. a big deal. And we were, like, expecting the lights to go out or some, like, major thing. End. Actually pretty anticlimactic. Yeah. But it's because people were actually working behind the scenes, like, on the problems. Oh, they were prepared. Yeah. So it was, like, years of actually working on it. But we only saw the final result. I was in high school, so. Um. I was in sixth grade. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm old. <laughs> well, it's funny for me because 2020, like, the years follow my age. Oh, so yeah. I'm, oh. well, kind of. You I'm were born in the year 2000. Oh, 99. Yeah. So I'm just kind of, like, half the year I'm the age and then half the year I'm not. Yeah. So, huh. it's fun. Weird. 20 and 2020. And I'll be 21 in July. <gasps> That's so mm-hmm. weird. Yeah. I've known Olivia since she was like 15. 14. 14 or 15. Probably 15. Gosh, that's so bizarre. Yeah. But she's all grown up and stuff in college. Enough. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> How was your Christmas, Liz? I was fine. We, I was here in the <laughs> I mean, kind of just did the same, same old, same old with family and stuff. But it was... It was good. We got to spend it with uh, Nessie and seeing her open all her stuff. She was more excited about the McDonald gift card <laughs> that she got than really anything else. Oh, wow. So, um, but she Did she too. know what a McDonald's she, gift card was? She opened it and went, McDonald's! Oh. she loves McDonald's. Well, there you go. So. Training them young. Yeah. Yes. What about you, Olivia? My Christmas was good. You know, it was quiet, Had some. had some, you know presents given to me ate do you have some a, food do you have a favorite present um i got a new phone nice. which is needed yeah yeah mine was pretty old a few years old mm. and it was old when i got it so yeah. yeah technology just gets old really fast too so that's true if you start behind then yeah but christmas was good yeah 
What was your favorite gift? Um, I got a vacuum. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to your 30s. Christmas in your 30s. But I needed one, and it actually works really well, so I'm... Were you excited to get a vacuum? I was. My mom asked me what I wanted. I said, you know, I need a vacuum. And sure enough, she got me a vacuum. Normally, like, if a husband got a wife that gift, that would be a fighting gift. It was not with me. It's not a Peloton. (laughs) (laughs) No. But then I also got my, um, I don't know if it was my niece or Michelle, got me a pair of socks, and they have Romy and Lola's face on them. Oh, dog socks? Dog socks. Okay, that's so, an awesome gift. I would love dog cool. socks. No mm-hmm. one got me dog socks. Matthew. No. Now you I know what to get her. You know what I got? A ukulele. That's great. I saw that. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see. And some bath bombs. And the flu. <laughs> <laughs> the gift that keeps on giving. Oh, flu. it did. Keep on giving. Actually, I got sick on Christmas Day. Uh, it was no good. Again, every time you have a podcast, one of us has had a disease before the podcast. This time it's you, though. I actually thought I might, like, I kind of thought I was going to die. But you might always think that. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I rallied mm. after a trip to the ER and fluids. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was no good. Did you request a ukulele or did you have any interest in a ukulele before <laughs> it was given to you? That's a really great question. So <laughs> um, I asked for a ukulele for Christmas two or three years ago. Nice. And did not get one. And I think that Matt was struggling to figure out what to get me this year. <laughs> And he knew, I think, that he got some pretty good gifts, so he was feeling it, like the heat. Mm-hmm. And so he um, he got me a ukulele. What's really funny is he was wrapping it in, like, in its original box, and I looked at <laughs> it and I said, is that a ukulele? And he said, shut up. <laughs> so I already knew um, what it was going to be. I actually, I mean, once you're married, we've been married 12 years, it's kind of, there aren't a lot of surprises. And I'm okay mm. with it. Like, it's fine. But I well, pretty much knew what I was getting because he asked for a list. It is a surprise to get a gift you wanted three years ago. Yeah, I mean, it was. I was like, oh, wow. You got me the gift that I asked for a long time ago. Mm. He actually would have loved a Peloton. Mm. Yeah, he really likes to ride bikes. That's kind of a thing for him. Nice. But he did not. He got a um, he got a Fitbit. Woo. Similar name of gift. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it still is like one of those gifts that you can only get someone if you know they want it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Here, I think Ooh. I think you need this Fitbit doesn't exactly go over well with people. Right. Yeah. We were sort of talking about this idea earlier. Um, all three of us were in an Enneagram, like, training Meeting. Today. Meeting workshop. Kind of a workshop, A yeah. workshop. Yeah, it was good. If it you don't really know what good. an Enneagram is, it's... Yeah, like a personality Personality slash test. You get a number... Yeah, there's, like, numbers one through nine. Yeah. You're either more feelings, more intellectual, or more um, anxious. instinct. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I'm thinking anxious. of this. <laughs> I'm always anxious, so got the anxious no matter what number. Yeah. I was. Yeah. I'm a two, which is no surprise. I what is a two? Mm-hmm. I feel like you should explain what a two is. A two is. is a people pleaser, basically, that needs constant <laughs> praise. So, <laughs> like, You're I don't need people to like me, podcast. but I like people to like me. <laughs> But I also sort of need people to like me. Yeah. You know, like The Office. I'm like, the, I'm like Michael Scott. I think Michael <laughs> Scott's probably a two. No, you care about others more than yourself, which I think is anti-Michael Scott. Oh, that's very nice of you yeah. to say. You're welcome. Oh, that's so well, sweet. Well, I tried to get a three. Or, I mean, I tried. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought it was going to be a two. Or I would, I usually get within that vein of things as well. But I got a three, mm-hmm. which was like, you want to be successful and have a very successful business and you work really hard. And I was like, I like all those things, except maybe I don't 
have the ambition or drive. But um, <laughs> which is like the whole part of it. Which is like the whole thing. <laughs> um, they're like, "Do you want to be successful?" I'm like, "Yes." Do you work hard? Not really. Um, <laughs> but I got two the second time I tried. It. Yeah. And then also seven is very strong, which is like happy and wants to have fun person. Yeah. FOMO. Yeah. Do you get FOMO? Mm, I yeah, I think so, but not as much as others. Sure. Yeah, I can tell if I don't want to be in that situation. Yeah, I get that. Mm. that How about you? I am a six, so it totally is, makes sense. It is the loyalist, mm-hmm. and that is exactly it. I am loyal to a fault most of the times, um, and it's like I work really hard, I'm a positive thinker, but come, but I'm sarcastic, and so sometimes that comes across mm-hmm. as negative. Yeah. Um, always prepared. Always prepared for things. Which is a thing for Liz. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You guys joke about it, but... Well, I was just at Liz's house the night before last watching a movie. I don't know. Can we talk about the movie that we watched? Probably. Well, now you have to say something. Okay. We watched this movie called Saved. Movie. It's from 2004. It's kind of folks fun at Christianity. But, <laughs> yeah, it's okay. But Liz was showing me how she had um, just recently reorganized her apartment, and she yeah. has an entire tool closet. I do. She's prepared. And she bought me a multi-tool, which we've already talked about on this podcast. And while we watched the movie, Mm -hmm. I put together a dresser. From Ikea. (laughs) Because I just have to have stuff done. I walked into Liz's apartment, and it was like Ikea had exploded in all different rooms. I apologize, because we weren't planning to go to my apartment to watch the movie. So I hadn't cleaned up anything. And so I had all the dresser parts in my living room, the drawers in my office, and then my bedroom was kind of a mess because I had just gotten done house sitting. I was like, okay, let's go to my house. That sounds like a great idea. I ran in trying to clean yeah. it, but it didn't work. It was fine. It was just Ikea body parts everywhere. <laughs> you got a lot done while we were watching that movie. And this is my best accomplishment of, of the weekend. What's Saturday today? Friday. Yesterday. Oh, yeah. So all the cardboard that those that dresser came in, I fit it all in one trash bag. Nice. How many trash bags have you gotten rid of, like, over the last week? I've taken nine tubs of things to Goodwill. And I'm not even, like, a hoarder. Like I Your apartment's am... tiny. Right. And then I took, <laughs> I have five big trash bags to the dumpster. I'm impressed. Wow. Like, and I don't, I didn't have that much stuff, but it was just, like, I just have to get rid of stuff. I get that way towards the new year, though. Sure. Is that part of being a six? Probably. It's just mm. kind of starting new, starting fresh, and... Mm. Getting rid of stuff you don't need so you can be prepared. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's funny because after knowing what a six was, I could tell all of the questions that would maybe determine you to be a six. Mm-hmm. It was like, oh, do you feel prepared for things? Do you think about things in advance? Do you think about everything wrong that could happen? And like all the anxiety <laughs> yeah. questions, I was like, yeah. And then, but I realized after going through it once, I went through it again. It was like, are you prepared for those things? And I was like, oh, no. I just worry about them. I just worry about them. <laughs> but I will never actually be prepared. Maybe mentally, but never actually physically. Huh. So, which is why I wouldn't be a six. Yeah, you can if you go back and think about, like, the questions in the test. You're like, oh, they're trying to find out if you're this. They're trying to find yeah. out if you're that. We were joking, though, um, about how you could be very passive-aggressive and, like, buy an Enneagram book and, like, highlight things and, like, <laughs> give, them to, give them as gifts. Here are all you your should faults. really read your this. Your weaknesses are highlighted in this. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. And the leader, who's really great, yeah. um, she does, like, emergency consults of the Enneagram. It's so like, funny to me. You could buy that for someone as a really passive-aggressive gift. Like, oh, you need to you need figure your life out. self-assessment <laughs> test right now. Well, one thing is it was like mothers and daughters, which I thought was funny. It's someone yeah. with a mom who has issues. I was like, mm, 
I mean, I don't think the Enneagram could fix our relationship. But <laughs> Yikes. Wouldn't it be amazing if it could, though? It, it, it would the be Enneagram pretty amazing. Would be everywhere. I have my ideas of what her strengths and weaknesses are, so. <laughs> yeah. But that's how it is when you're close to people. Yeah. Matt took it once and said that he was an eight. And if you know what an eight is, it's like, he's not an eight. <laughs> I think he's actually a nine, which is the opposite of an eight. What is the nine? Yeah. A nine's like the peacemaker. Yeah. Mm. Um. Yeah, but he does get angry, but it is an anger one. Like, you can get mad. I really want my mom to take it because I think I figured out what hers are, but I would love for her to take it and see if I'm right. (laughs) You just want to prove yourself right? No, I just want to see if I understood it well enough to, like, be able to not, like, peg, like, oh, well, you're clearly a whatever. Right. But just do I know people in my family well enough to be able to say, oh, Get their traits here's, correct. Here's yeah. why you're acting this way. Let me rephrase how I'm saying this to you or something. You're such a nine. You're such a seven. Yeah. That'll go over well. Well, what's funny is we did it as part of, like, our church staff training, and then we could bring some friends to the Enneagram part. But I already called that, like, our next staff meeting, it's going to be like, oh, yeah, that's because you're a one. That's because you're a <laughs> whatever. As long as you're not using it, like, you're not weaponizing it too much. But yeah. it is a good tool to get to know. And she actually said that as a warning. Yeah. Like, like now that you know this about each other. Don't weaponize don't it. Don't weaponize it because that's yeah. the easiest way for you to tear down any relationship that you have with anyone. Right. Like, oh, you're being the negative traits of that. Yeah. Well, thing. I mean, how do you guys feel? Like, I know people, I am feel like I'm easily skeptical of tests. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, how do you? feel how strongly do you feel about it because I'm sitting there and I'm I feel like I think that I'm like oh maybe yeah I could be a one but maybe I just think that or like whatever number yeah because they're telling me you know yeah well like for instance I've taken the um the Mm Myers-Briggs and I'm an INFJ and they say like INFJ is the most rare personality I'm an INFJ (laughs) right and I also think I am also an INFJ yeah and so I'm not really sure like, how accurate, or if you're answering the questions based on putting yourself in the best light. And I think part of it depends on how you're feeling while you're taking the test. Right. That could alter. Well, he said that. So, like, one of the teachers, he said, you know, if you're having a bad day, like, you might take the test and come up with something different than if you were having a good day or if you were having, like, a neutral yeah. day. And so I think you have to be in the right headspace. Um before you take it. But yeah. I also think that, you know, and, and part of what they said, like, in the training was that, um, like, you should take it more than once mm-hmm. because yeah. it might not quite be accurate. And it's only 75% Right. Accurate. And they, they said that a couple of times, too, that there's a lot of work that you need to do on the side. Right. If, you, if you're really into this to really know, to really mm-hmm. learn your, the wing part of it and what you, you know, yeah. in a, when you're positive, in a positive space, you know, how you're also... You have these tributes, attributes and, and these right. attributes and the negative. So one of the so. things about the Enneagram is that you have, like, positive and negative traits. And those are things that, like, like healthy and unhealthy expressions of your number yeah. that cause you to act a little bit more like a different number. But then there's also, like, zero hope to change. Like, <laughs> yeah. you are your number. That was funny to me. I was like, oh, maybe people, like, maybe you have different traits. But yeah. I feel like as you grow, you would answer differently, which would give you different traits. But you're ultimately always led by one thing, I guess, is yeah. the Yeah. Well, they point. say that about, like... The- um, the Myers-Briggs thing, mm-hmm. like, if you were to take that 10 years later, you might be totally different. Yeah, and so it's right. so different. Well, I think of... This was different in that you're kind of stuck with your number. Like, do you think you were a different person 10 years ago than you are now? To be fair, I'm 20, so 10 years ago I was... Yeah, but I mean, even then, like... I think I was a different person three years ago than I yeah. am now. 
I think. But ultimately, I guess it would be the same three years ago. Well, I also was going to say I lied about my Myers-Briggs. I My type is an ENFPA, which is apparently oh. a campaigner. Huh. ENFP. Mm-hmm. Yeah, ENFP. I mean, that makes sense that you're an extrovert. I definitely am an extrovert. I yeah. think... I think it depends on who the people are, but I Same. thrive off of other people's energy, I think. See, and I only have so much energy. So, like, I can be talkative and social and all the things, but then I have to recharge if I don't have enough time to recharge. So, like, yesterday, for instance, I went out to lunch with my friend Sherry. She's moving to Taiwan. Or not moving. She's going back for, like, four months, but might eventually, like, move back. And we hadn't hung out for a while. And so we were at lunch for over three hours, and then I came home for a little bit, and then I went out to dinner with Olivia and one of my other old students, um, Sierra. Mm-hmm. And we were at dinner for, like, three hours. And we were going to go to coffee afterwards, and I, like, couldn't do it. Like, yeah. I had – I was Which is done. fair. You were also so sick recently. I've also yeah. been sick, but but that's sort of my thing anyway. Like, after a while, I just – I'm physically tired, but I also just don't have any more – emotionally to contribute and then it makes me feel like insecure like if I'm too quiet then I feel like I haven't contributed enough to the social time and it like actually messes with my brain a little bit and so um that's why like I think that there are misconceptions about what an extrovert or an introvert is totally like because people go oh she's an introvert like she's really quiet or this and that I'm not yeah quiet um but I do just need space to recharge my batteries whereas true extroverts actually keep getting energy from being around other people Mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean that extroverts aren't ever quiet yeah yeah I mean I think if I'm around the wrong people it's so draining I think I get energy from people whatever energy it may be so if if people if I like can't connect with people or Mm -hmm. not on the same page I think it's draining for me yeah if that makes sense I guess that's different from do you take breaks from people ever yeah. I mean, even like the, we've been off for two weeks because of Christmas. Yeah. And during this time, I've done some work stuff mm-hmm. and been around people like family stuff. But really this last week, last couple of days, I really haven't because I just need, I need that time to recharge. And yeah. I, like I, you know, slept in I and I've just been taking care of myself that way, knowing that when I go back to work next week, it'll be back to being around people, yeah. which I like to be around people. Um, but I do need that time just to like, I need, I was pretty worn out yeah. you know, coming up to Christmas. I actually take breaks from specific people. Oh. And I don't mean it like, as I know it sounds so personal and Yikes. I don't mean it that way, but I don't know if you like some people you have that connection, like my friend Jenny and even like Liz to an extent, like we can sit in the room, same room, like on the phone and yeah. like, <laughs> We're spending time together. Like, we'll look up, we'll say something to one one another, like, once in a while. But, like, for me, it's still quality time because we've spent time together. Mm-hmm. But there are some people where I feel like sometimes I need breaks because we've said all the things. And I, I feel like there's just not anything more of value that we can talk about. And so, like, I'll have to, like, take a little step back and, like, take a breather. Um, because if things get too shallow, then it feels – or if, if things get too, like – just emotionally driven the whole time it just starts to feel shallow and then I like need a little break I think that's where true extrovert or introvert comes in is if say your best friends or your partner spouse whoever Mm -hmm. if if you need breaks from them then maybe you're more of an introvert yeah because if it's if you can thrive off of the energy of the people you want to be around forever then yeah maybe extrovert yeah Mm -hmm. and I don't really have that experience with Matt because he works so much 
And so when he is around, there's still value, like, in our communication. It's never like we go out to dinner and, like, we've run out of things to say. Yeah. Because we don't always have that built-in time because he works so much. And I work a lot, too. Um, But I would imagine that, like, if you are married um, and it's, like, a normal schedule, that you might start to feel that same sort of, like, there just isn't as much here to talk about. Mm. So, yeah. It's also interesting, like, just the way we... Um, we communicate and yeah, I think that, that these tools are really, I think they're just tools. I think one thing that I always worry about and that I've worried about like with the Enneagram specifically when it comes to like Christians using it a lot is this idea that like, like, well, that's just who I am and I'll never change. Like, like there's a bit of, we're supposed to be like a new creation or we're supposed to be different. Like you don't get to just say, oh, well, this is who I am because I'm a two. Like I need you to constantly praise me. And that just is how it is. Like that's not... Um, it's not a, supposed to be like a behavior justification. Yeah. It's supposed to be really to get to know other people better, but also like to, to kind of know yourself more, not, not as any sort of justification for negative. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like you traits. said, it's a, it's a, it's just like a tool that we use, you right. know, so it, you can have all these things, but it, um, it's just a lens to see other people and yourself. I think that's what maybe the thing I like most about the Enneagram is that it's more focused on, like, this is who you are. Like, compared to other yeah. personalities? Yeah, like, this is who you are. Not just your strengths and not just whether you're introvert, extrovert, whatever. But this is, like, these are things how you feel at times. And this is how people can then work better with you. Right, yeah. And it's like, oh, that makes more sense. And then, you know, as... So we were talking about maybe doing this in other circles. Um, yeah. Even at work, you know, if we were to do this there, it'd be like, oh, this makes so much more sense as to how I said this to you. And because of your number, you took it this way. But now that I know what you are, I can rephrase that same question or that same um, feedback, but do it in a way that isn't going to offend you. Like more like a love language kind of application. So like if you, do you know what the love languages are, Olivia? I don't, uh, yeah, I've (laughs) talked about them. I can't name them all off the top of my head. Yeah, it's like gifts, quality time. Words of affirmation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, And everyone sort of has like ways that they feel love Mm -hmm. and you naturally love other people the way you feel the most loved but that might not be like the way that you feel the most loved so like say that I feel the most loved if people are giving me gifts which is the bottom for me like I actually really (laughs) hate getting gifts um but say that that's the way I feel love so I give you gifts but you feel most loved if someone spends quality time with you Mm -hmm. then you never quite feel loved enough because I'm not loving you the way you need it. I'm loving you the way I need it. Yeah. And so, yeah, like, getting to know each other and how to, like... Mm-hmm. And it's good for that, because you only have the tools that you have. So having the tools to know how what others need, I think, is yeah. helpful. And I think that we struggle as people to actually communicate our needs. Yeah. You know, because, like, if I communicated that I needed something from someone, I would feel like I was being high maintenance. So Yeah. You know, and that's... Not necessarily true. We all have different, like, Yeah, because I think if you don't communicate well, you could not communicate to someone for, and you're, you could think it's for their sake, but at the end of the day, it's like a burnout maybe if you're not communicating what you need and they're not giving you what you need. Right. Because you haven't communicated it and then it's yeah. this whole circle. Right, and, and then you start to feel resentful towards somebody who, if you just said, this is what I need from you, would say, okay. Yeah. But we're always so afraid of what the other pe- person's thinking or, or what they might think of us that we... Um, almost sometimes would rather, like, stay miserable and unhappy and sort of like a victim. Like, if someone isn't loving me the way I need to be loved and I haven't expressed that to them and I'm, like, feeling bad, like, it's my fault. Like, if I've given somebody a reasonable, like, 
like reasonable knowledge of myself and what I need and they don't do it and they want to love me, then it sort of is on them. Like, well, you have the tools and the knowledge. Mm-hmm. So if you're choosing not to love me, then that's on I you. can't do anything about it. But how often is it on us because we just are too afraid to actually communicate? Yeah. So it is good. Yeah. <laughs> I think point. most often is probably that. Yeah. I feel like. Mm. Right. Mm. Yeah. No, I think that you're. You're right. We're just weird about communicating yeah. things. So we didn't mean to go on such a tangent about the no, Enneagram. Well, it's good. We've solved all of personality and how right. it works. Yeah. And this has been. This, no, I'm just kidding. This and has been this the way you in the kitchen. Uh, social sciences. All of it's done. You get it right. now. We all get it Communicate. Find out your number. Find you can even use number. it as a, as a pickup line. Hey, what's your number? Mm, we're compatible. I think if you go up to someone in a What's bar, though, and you say, I'm a three, it might not come across as you're <laughs> intending it to. Oh, it could be like a looks thing. Yeah. Like people, that's are a common like, thing. Are you a nine? And they're like, yes. Yeah, I think. <laughs> <laughs> but there's not a ten. So, like, there's never, like, the scale of getting there. Never be good enough. You know. The Enneagram. Not, not according to the Enneagram. There are no tens here, guys. No tens. They're just. <laughs> Only ones and nines. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Yep. So, what, how'd you spend New Year's? Like, how'd you ring in the New Year? <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> I was with my brother's family. Um, we went out to dinner at a teppanyaki place, and they had some friends visiting with their three kids. So they Teppanyaki were... is, okay, the onion volcano? It was Nessie's favorite thing. She was finely attentive and not afraid of the fire on the table. Or the guy, <laughs> so... like, juggling knives. It's terrifying, but it's so fun. Yeah, she was into it this time, which was exciting. Or a two-year-old. Yeah. So. Olivia was in it, into it when I took her. It was good. It's cool. Yeah. Of course, she was 17. Well, <laughs> similar so, ages. Yeah, basically the same thing. Yeah, it was fun. It's fun to Our see Our guy did a train. Treat oh. food. It's like everything that you're not supposed to do, which is we play with your food. They yeah. just do yeah. it in front of you, and it's like the most rewarding. And you pay extra to watch. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, because it's the experience. A food experience. Yeah. Food experiences are good. Maybe that's people's love language food experiences experiences. you are a food experience that's my love language okay so i have to tell the story really quick even though we can go back to new year's but olivia um we went to hume lake for winter camp oh no and i was like (laughs) olivia what's your favorite part of winter camp and she goes regular meals oh god (laughs) That sounds like I was starving been in a yeah prison for my whole life. No, but you were just so excited. You said every time we start to get hungry, it's like, oh, well, that's good because it's lunchtime. You were so excited yeah, that they were like, in scheduled. Prison, in prison, I guess they get regular meals. <laughs> well, hopefully um, Human Lake Winter Camp was a little bit better than prison. Yeah, I'd say a little better. <laughs> um, no, <laughs> no, I mean, no, it was Church good. Church camp's awesome. I love, I think I'm a fan of cafeterias. Um although not many people are, but I love variety and I love options. And so being able to pick whatever I want from this huge, like, lineup of food is honestly my best scenario. Yes. I also have a picture of you pretending a banana is a phone, but that's a whole different (laughs) conversation. Yeah. I'll post it on our church, or on our church Facebook. Facebook. I'm just so used to saying church Facebook um, on our podcast podcast, Facebook. Podcast Facebook. There will be a picture of Olivia with her banana phone. Oh, with her banana don't phone. that photo. With her banana I have phone. grown. <laughs> become so a new person. So did you um, stay up? I did not. Night? So we did a countdown at 9 o'clock for wow. Nessie and... Um, and Liz. No. And um, my brother's 
friend's daughter who was like four. Mm-hmm. Oh. Um, and so we did a countdown at nine and put them to bed. And then we played some games. Okay, but you didn't stay up till midnight. I did not. So the countdown was also for you. Yeah. So I was. <laughs> so then I went home. I was house sitting, and I was up at like eleven thirty. I was like, I can stay up till midnight. But there was nothing interesting happening on like any of those. Okay. Shows. Did like, you see Gwen Stefani performing? I'm not a huge Gwen Stefani. Speaking of bananas, B A N A N A S. Is that her? Yes. Yes. Oh wow! I'm not a huge fan. <gasps> wow. Don't tell her I said that. Okay, do you have I'm any idea how old Gwen Stefani is? Now? Oh my gosh, probably... I'm going to offend someone somewhere. No, say it, say uh, it. In her late 40s? She's 50. She's 50. She's 50. Gwen Stefani's 50 years old. Okay, I think it's like uh, this thing where I confuse her with Madonna, and Madonna's nearly like... I Never mind, I'm not even going to say that, because that's going to be very She's pretty offensive. old. She's very old. But they're both yeah. still working it, doing their thing. Yeah, I mean, she was like, uh-huh, this man. Like, the whole deal. I'm like, Oh, on dancing? New Year's Eve. On New Year's Eve. Wow. Like, Good yeah. for her. I know. I was pretty impressed. And, I mean, she's with Blake Shelton. Yeah. Which is still that weird. That is weird. bananas. B-A-N-A-N-A-S. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so I turned off the TV at 1130 and watched, <laughs> like, read a book, and I was like, I'm going to bed. So I almost made it. I should have, but did you? for whatever reason, I did Stay up? I stayed up. I wasn't actually, like, I feel like all millennials or people who, I'm actually not a millennial. No, you're Gen Gen Z. Z. But no one has cable anymore. And so I, like, I could have watched, I mean, I couldn't have watched the countdown if I wanted to. We tried to look it up online, I think, but I ended up staying up after 12 and I was like, yeah, it's New Year's and then going to bed. Yeah. (laughs) Woo. Big partiers. I'm, you know, maybe when I'm 21, it'll be, it'll be bigger. Maybe. I was, um. this year. Yeah, this coming year. 2021. 2020. 21 and 2020. Yeah. 20 and 2020, 21 and 2020. But then you'll spend 2021 as a 21-year-old. Oh, wow. Yeah, that'll be cool. Yeah. I like that. 2021. Wow. Forget this year. Let's get right to 2021. Right. That's exciting. Yeah. I um, worked for that first day um, since I had taken some vacation, and then I got sick. (laughs) And came... It wasn't really a vacation. No, I always get sick when I take vacation. It's almost like my body's like, cool, you can get sick now. I'd rather spend vacation, not sick, but Hmm. it is what it is. But I came to work because we had like a little, a Christmas planning meeting. Our worship pastor was like, let's plan Christmas 2020. I don't know why I came. It was a mistake. Um, But I worked all day and then I got home and went to sleep for like four hours. And then when I woke up, like I woke up to Mac getting home. He had bought some, like, sparkling cider. I still wasn't hungry or anything. And so we watched, um, what's the Carson Daly New Year's Eve thing? It's oh, not New Year's Eve with Carson Daly. Yeah, it's Carson like. Daly, something like that, yeah. Yeah. It's not rocking New Year's or whatever. No. It's funny to watch, though, because I was a huge TRL fan, like, in the <laughs> late 90s, early 2000s. Do you know what that is, Olivia? The real life? It, no, it's called no, no. Total Request Live with Carson no Daly. Idea. And it was no the idea. top ten, every day, it was the top ten music videos. And Carson Daly was the host of it. it. He was a VJ on MTV. And so it's funny to watch it like 20 years later. He's like a little chubbier. He used to have like his nails painted black. It's like not like that anymore. <laughs> He's like a dad. <laughs> like, I'm, oh, we're all getting old together. We watched it. But I watched Gwen Stefani, who was great. We watched mm-hmm. a, a documentary last night about um, Backstreet Boys and NSYNC, and they referenced TRL. And oh, yeah. Carson Daly came up there, and I was like, wow, that was a long time ago. And even they had like, 
the members of those bands from mm-hmm. back then. Like, yeah. Nick Carter was like a teenager when he started, like a little yeah. little kid. <laughs> I was like, wow. Britney and Spears, Christina Aguilera. They interviewed him now. And it's like, Juvenile wow. Corn. Like, I just remember all of these people who were yeah. on um, on TRL. Like, it was a it was a big like cultural thing. Oh, totally. That makes sense. Back so there's like might as well have been the front page of the internet now. Of the inter- the front page of the internet. Yeah, there's the webs. There's Google. some websites. What is it? Um, it, I think it's Reddit that calls itself the front page of the internet. Interesting. Yeah. I wonder. If, uh, I don't know that that's true. I don't know. It's more. It's not hotmail. Forum e. <laughs> I feel like it's yeah. kept the oldest parts of the internet alive. Oh, kind of. That's true. Like Forums. Ask Jeeves. <laughs> Communication. Exactly. We had some um, some older people at our workshop today who were like, how do we find more information about the Enneagram? And the guy leader was all, well, you can Google it. <laughs> <laughs> then it became the, what's this thing called the internet? <laughs> yeah, we're like, okay, boomers. <laughs> Someone said that. That's Can we talk about that? Glenn the- said it. Our <laughs> pastor is the one who's like, okay, boomer. I say it a lot in staff meetings because we have a few people on staff that always leave their ringers on on their phones like during meetings mm-hmm. or like all of their notifications. And I'm like... Guys, like you do on this podcast. I mean, I week. do on my computer because <laughs> I'm trying to listen to our sound check, and so I forget to turn it off. But like, they always leave it on, or they'll like answer phone calls like, during meetings, like yeah, in yeah. the meeting. Yeah, that's something that like, millennials and Gen X or Gen Z people don't do. The problem with people not obsessed with their phones is they don't know phone etiquette, maybe. Right. And so, if you're not on it all the time, how are you gonna? Make it be quiet when you need it to be. Well, you can't hear it <laughs> vibrate. I can, like, hear it. I can hear my phone vibrate across the room, like, if it's ringing. Yeah. I won't ever answer it because I'm a millennial if we don't answer the phone. <laughs> no. So Why would you be getting a phone call? Like, right. anyone who's calling you is probably a telemarketer. It's spam. Or a boomer. <laughs> a boomer. <laughs> my favorite thing, though, is that, like, my in-laws, who are boomers, they'll say things like, kids just stay on their phones all day. They literally watch Fox News 15 hours a day. I'm like, that's a screen to you guys. It's just yeah. a, just a it's bigger screen. And sort of an echo chamber. Um, wow. <laughs> sorry. I know. I just, um, just Fox News right here. Oh, sorry. It's fair. I feel like it's. I don't care. Knowledge. It's fine. Well, Any news, knowledge. if they were watching it all day long, I'd be like, guys, chill. Yeah. 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 Variety. It's all, it's a right. spice of life. Right. All right. Did you guys make any New Year's resolutions? Um, <laughs> I forgot they existed, I think, up until today. When oh. We, it was brought up. Yeah, we went to sushi before this because we have to eat before we record podcasts, think, we've learned. Like, I don't know if it's like a resolution. I just want to read a little bit more this year than I did last year. It's not that exciting. Do you have a specific book? No. Or um, specific books? No, it's just whatever kind of comes across my That's desk. That's really boring. I know. <laughs> well, I mean, obviously I want to do like all the things like stay active. Yeah. You know, all those things. Okay, but. granted, last year... Before New Year's. So 2018 was um, a dumpster <laughs> fire for me. Yep. And for Liz a little bit too. Um, I was still like trying to get my bearings together after I left my terrible church job. And so. Because it was so much of a dumpster fire. I don't even remember what happened in 2018. <laughs> but I remember like, having this conversation like, oh my gosh, 2019, it's going to be a better year. It's going to be such a better year. It was not. <laughs> At least for me. It started it out with like a pinched nerve in my back. Which yeah. It was fun. I kept dropping things out of my left arm. Yeah. And it just went downhill from there. <laughs> yeah. And I think 2019, it's so funny because I've talked to a lot of people who have that like same experience where it was just like a rough I mean, year. I think 
I think every year people are going through different things and maybe yeah. the majority, whatever the majority of the country you're in is feeling is what you're kind of feeling too. Sure. There's a lot of just like yeah. outside tension, like political tension, social tension, um, and tension in the church for sure. Yeah. Um, I don't mean like my church specifically. Tension I just in mean the like. Church? Sorry. It's just a very, like, it's a dark tension in the church. Tension in the church. Yeah. With Olivia Anderson. That could be. Ooh. I'd do yeah. that podcast. <laughs> you could do that podcast. There is tension in the church. I'm ready to <laughs> unveil all of it. Whoa. Yikes. Dang. Yeah. Just saying. Olivia's intense. No, but th- I mean, the tension in the church is a real thing. Right. I mean, and so if you're in ministry or like around this, then it's hard. Yeah. Like there really isn't a difference right now between like how people interact outside and inside the church because things are so polarized. So I yeah. think that for sure causes its own like amount of whatever. I had start. I started a new job at the a church and it was mm-hmm. hard um not not for any specific reason just ministry is difficult and you're working with a ton of different people who have different expectations and um yeah both inside and outside the church and so that's been rough my in-laws have not been well my mother-in-law had hip surgery like it was just like thing after thing after thing yeah and I found like by the end of the year I'm like I can't breathe like everything just feels sort of heavy and so I have, like, I don't have a New Year's resolution for 2020 because I think I'm afraid. One thing that I struggle with pretty regularly is hope. Not because I'm negative. Like, I want things to be better. But I'm afraid that if I, like, get my hopes up, then I they will be dashed. Like, yeah. I'm super afraid of getting my hopes up about things. So I'm one of those, like, I would love to be pleasantly surprised with a really great 2020. Yeah. I think, yeah, you and I talked about this last week or something where yeah. I want – 2020 to be really really good but I had those hopes for 2019 yeah and was quickly disappointed like within the first month was just like whew that was rough um but then again I just you know I it's an it's a new year but every day is a new day there's always new things that could possibilities so it's just not staying in the mindset of oh I this isn't going to be good so I'm not going to do anything but always having that hope hope on the horizon like yeah going to keep walking through these opportunities and see what happens. Yeah. Exactly. I think I don't think of, like, the new year as a new start. I don't think I've ever thought about it that way, and Mm -hmm. maybe it's just because I'm young. But, you know. Keep rubbing it in. Just so young. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, I'm just the youngest person here, so it's okay. Um, No, I think that, like, I think I don't think of it as, like, a new start, new beginning, new Mm -hmm. way to have a whole new best year. I don't think I think of my life in, like. Like, new year, new you. Like, yeah, I don't think that. I think, which... Which maybe why I even forgot that resolutions existed. Because I think that I almost, my I feel like life goes, I guess if I would have to block it into timelines, it'd be like month by month. Or like, yeah. if, if anything, season by season. Like, yeah. how my summer go? How my spring go? Especially being in school, I feel like it's very centered around almost the semester system. Sure. Yeah. So I never think about, I think, things in, as whole years. Because things are also just constantly changing for me, I think, at 20 years old. Yeah. yeah. So never, the one year is not going to be like, amazing or terrible or a defining thing necessarily like yeah. this year isn't going to define like yeah you know your the rest of your or life this thing isn't going to define my whole year you're 2019 you did a lot of things i did like, do new a lot things. of things we talked about this i not on the podcast we didn't not on the podcast we didn't. <laughs> um i like i traveled the most i've ever traveled Where'd you go? in the spring my whole life i went to the czech republic but in that i also went to like eight eight countries i think wow 
so like somehow I doesn't even seem like that to me, but just Europe is so easily traveled that yeah. we ended up being everywhere. But it was wonderful. I think that I became I guess twenty nineteen made me the most independent I've ever been, mm. which is fantastic. Um and I'm like less scared of the outdoors. <laughs> um, less scared of strange I mean, still scared of strangers, but yeah. I can go like buy groceries, you know? Which yeah. is a quality you need as a person without right. agoraphobia. So Yeah. I'm getting there. Twenty nineteen was good for me though, I think. Yeah. I think I set boundaries. I know, that's huge. Independence. Yeah. It's a big deal. I guess twenty nineteen was good for me then. Yeah. And yeah. that's good. Like yeah. I you know, I'm glad that People had a good year. Yeah, it's just been, I don't know. And yeah. I think, like, like instead of New Year's resolutions, this like, I have, like, some reservations. Yeah. Like, I'm just a little, like, <laughs> okay, I, I realize, like, um, so much of my happiness is in my control. Like, you think it's not in your control, but so much of it really yeah. is. And so, you know, I see some things that, like, need changing that it wouldn't have necessarily recognized needed change or it didn't like recognize really needed that much changing last year and so things that now I'm like okay this isn't really a resolution as much as it's like I need to do these things in order to be um, happier and not just you know happy is such a shallow I don't think anyone ever like I don't know if if happiness should be a goal yeah because you can control so much but you can't really control all of it exactly Yeah. yeah But I think it is sort of a, like, I was not super happy last year. Like, I just was feeling a lot of anxiety and stuff. And so I think that happiness a little bit um, for me this year, like, I want to just find some more, like, joy in things. And, and You can create circumstances, I think, for yourself in which that you know you will be happier. Right. That's, and that's more of, like, what I mean. Like, there are things where I'm like, oh, this is really, like, affecting my, like, day-to-day mood and I need to finally, like, do something about it. And so that's... um like more of my thing and and not to even be like a Debbie Downer like I I always have like again hope isn't the right like like I have hope even if I have reservations about it like like I always want to have expectations maybe yeah I just don't want to be disappointed but at the same time like I genuinely am looking forward to the year like you know, and, and I do look at the New Year's like a fresh start. Like, I do very much go, all right, this is, because I feel like it's sort of a natural segue into that. Like, exactly. you know, we don't necessarily, so like, my life doesn't get broken up into semesters. But that's a good way of, like, seasons, being like, yeah. oh, well, this is a good blah, blah, blah. So sometimes everything just feels really big. Like, all, like, my year was this way. But really, if I looked at it, like, if I if I tried to quantify it in different ways, my whole year wasn't bad. It was just, yeah, it was, um... There's a lot of newness and a lot of just, like, struggling through things. Nice. And I think yeah. some people need that, like, a clean yeah. a clean slate to feel like they can reset up new right. things for themselves. And now I'm like, And right. I think it's easy to do at the beginning of the year because everyone's doing it. Yeah. So it's not like you're walking in, you know, in April and going, this is a new me, where everyone's yeah. already, like, I've been doing this for four months, you know. where No, January- they haven't. Or they're like, I stopped going to the gym three and a <laughs> right. half months ago. But in January, <laughs> it's like everyone kind of walks in saying, yeah. the slate is clean. So it's, it's for... You know, so you think there's some school, energy in numbers? There's some, yeah, there's some energy of, like, this could be a different year, and mm-hmm. here's how we can try to do that and, and stuff. So, um, But I was listening to a podcast, and they were talking about resolutions, and um, the guy on it just said, you know, why would you wait until the new year? Like, if you're, if you're a douche, why would you wait until the new year to stop doing that, to be a yeah. better person? Like, why wouldn't you start today? Yeah. So some of those things, those resolutions that people, like, I'm going to be a better person, I'm going to do this and this, why would you wait until January? Yeah, you don't need a things? Monday. Yeah. Just 
Because Monday douche. never comes, right? <laughs> right. Monday's never going to come. Right. So why not start right now, you know? Yeah. So, I don't know. I've just been thinking about that for about a month. Like, oh. Yeah, it doesn't have to be like yeah. this. It doesn't like, have to be this monument, monumentous thing. It can just be. Yeah, because I think today. almost that puts pressure on things, too. And pressure is never good for goals, I feel. Right. Yeah. Well, it depends on who you are. So I think some people, like, really thrive on that, like, mm. external um, or even internal pressures. And I think, like, someone like me almost get, like, I can get a little intimidated by. I can get paralyzed by those things. Yeah. Like, if I if I set this goal, whatever it may be, and I only do it halfway, then it's yeah. like I have failed. Right. I have exactly. failed. You know, and then right. I give up. You Wait, know. so you're saying if you don't try, then you can never fail? Basically. Wow. This is a really good so uplifting podcast. <laughs> See, I think for me, I think it's more like, uh, yeah, it's like I, I plan on going to the gym in the new year, but I haven't made it like, like I went to the gym before Christmas. So it's, yeah. it's, it's, I think if I was like, okay, I have to go to the gym in the new year, mm-hmm. my insides being the way they are and being the way they want to not do the things that they're told, sure. I feel like my body would be like, no, like, I don't want to do that. Like, it like I'm activates not gonna... almost like a rebellion? Yeah, it's like a, yeah, the huh. inner child of like, okay, you have to go to bed at this time, and it's like, no, or like if I, you were like, oh, you never have to go to bed, you'd be, maybe yeah. you would be like, oh, I want to go yeah. to bed. There's for sure a bit of like overthinking mm-hmm. that can come with re- resolutions where people make, like, I have very overachieving friends who, yeah. you know, they have 10 things. And I'm like, how are you going to keep that up? Like, and I have friends who have ten, like ten resolutions, and they'll do them all. And right. I'm like, what? <laughs> and if I made more than a couple, I would be like, oh no, because I always want to do everything really, really yeah. well. And sometimes I think that if you do too many things, then nothing gets done well, and then you don't feel like, and then I lose motivation. So like, I'm one of those. If I can look back at what I'm doing and I can see like the results of them and the fruit of it, I'm like, yeah, I'm gung ho. But if I'm, like, working super hard and I can't see the results, then I, like, really struggle to find the motivation. Because I'm like, well, why am I doing this? And part of that is, yeah. like, I can be really efficient. Like, I always want to be really efficient and do everything the fastest and do everything whatever. And so if I'm not seeing the results of it, then I feel like, then that's a waste of time. Why am I spending my time doing that when I could be doing something else? And so, like, no matter what that is, that, that kind of, like, I'm, mo- I'm highly motivated by results. Yeah, I think, too, um, one thing just to keep in mind, too, is just that, you know, with being in ministry and all these things, the reminder that, you know, whether we are really successful in those or whether we fail at all those, that God's love doesn't change with those things. God's not going to love me more if I keep all ten of my resolutions. He's not? Uh, I don't think so. But it sort of seems, like, not very efficient to, like, try. Nothing about Christianity is efficient. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) Um... Um, you know, and so that that's yeah. the, the balance that I just have to keep reminding myself of because I am I am a very goal oriented type person. Yeah. And when I hit those, I keep thinking like, yeah, like I got another mark from Jesus, but really that's not how <laughs> another mark from Jesus. But that's not really like Jesus with his red sharpie and yeah, his little notebook. Like, so, hmm. But that's not really how job, life guys. is or how things are. That God's right. gonna love me whether I accomplish zero of those resolutions, whether I do one or yeah. or all of them. His love is still the same right. through all of it. Whether 2019 was a terrible year for me, yeah. and there were glimpses of great things that happened in 2019, well, you, or whether and whether 2020 is really good, God's yeah. love never changed. Well, we were having sort of this conversation the other day, and you were talking about like a Mother Teresa quote. Oh yeah, um, that um, we're called to be faithful, not successful, or we're not called to be successful. We're called to be faithful. Yeah. In those things, so yeah, just a reminder of. 
success in our world looks like good numbers. It looks like right. you know, your bank account is always, well, it looks like this, that, and the other thing. But really, God's call on us is to yeah. be faithful through it all, through the right. good, through the bad. Yeah, God's right. not a capitalist, I don't think. Right. Like, yeah. no one's keeping score of what we're going to be. And, yeah, faithfulness doesn't hardly ever for me look the same as success does. Yeah. You know, I can definitely quantify things in these graphs and measures and one way. And that's way. what people want. People want the graph that, you know, the upward right. trajectory of it all. But does that look like, you know, did, but did you cut corners to do all that? Did you compromise something, you know, personally right. to get that, that graph the way you wanted it to look? Right. Or, or does it not look that way, but you were faithful in it all? Well, especially like when you work at a church or in a ministry and numbers is a concern. Yeah. Um, it's like, well, how many people did you reach? Well, in anything, I feel like church, faith isn't a business, but church is. Yeah, so for sure. Yeah. You have to pay attention. Right. But and then that, it's if like, it's combined, that can get real hard. Well, and how many churches are giant and people aren't really being discipled or growing or anything? It's just very shallow. They show up and leave. Like, yeah. that's its own quantifying statement of, of where our values are. Um, you know, I would rather attend a smaller church where people were serving faithfully and growing in knowledge of the Bible and being discipled, discipling others, um, than a church that was just growing for its own self. Um, mega church. Yeah, like to be a mega church. But, you know, even in ministries, especially like for you, Liz, when you're working with kids and you have to raise support, we've sort of talked a little bit about this before, but people want to see that whatever yeah. they're donating money toward is like having this, you know, kingdom impact or, or whatever. Yeah. Um, and sometimes it doesn't look like that. There are seasons where, you know, our numbers are down. And right. We, but, you know... We talk about this because our numbers are a little bit down in one of our after-school programs. We meet in a park. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been cold. It's been raining. So kids right. don't come, which is normal. And so you would look at that and go, well, obviously things, you're failing at something. But our staff members can tell you all those kids' favorite colors, what grade they're in, their likes, their dislikes. I mean, so right. the success is there. Because or Liz can chase them down the alley, <laughs> trying to give them Christmas gifts. Real, real thing that real happened. Real thing that happened. Recently. Last week. Um <laughs> You know, but that's but that's success, isn't it? Because someone is you know somebody, and right? They, they and that kid who doesn't have any parents at home knows that if they come to the park, they they are known, they are loved, and we will do our best to equip them and resource them, you know, because they're a person and they matter. Right. Yeah. And even if that's one kid, that's success. Right. Right. If you're basing it, you know, the faith based way that I assume it would be or should be, which is you know, by each person and that each mm-hmm. person matters and that yeah. they're important to the whole. Right. But yeah. I think the ultimate problem too with capitalism or with um, success or the way we view success and then the way that plays into church is like everything is cyclical. Like people, business, yeah. everything. So nothing is ever going to be up, 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 up unless right. you are, you know, there's always going to be lost somewhere. Yeah. Right. So, you know, what's important to you to or what's easiest for you to lose I guess if you really want to be up 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 right it's never going to be all all success all the time yeah and that can be like such a hindrance um on actually like setting and meeting goals because yeah if they become something that you can't quantify um it's good like that's the way we're supposed to be as churches and ministries like you shouldn't be able to quantify every single 
um, thing, but there's also that expectation of, of how many people are coming. And I think there is something to be said about numbers, um, from the perspective of like, if you have a ton of people who stop coming, like if you, if kids just stopped coming to the park, you never saw them again, they didn't feel welcome and good. If people just stopped coming to church and there was no like real reason, I do think you have to like go back and reassess some things. And so, so bringing that back to like individual goals or individual things, like how do we, like if I am suddenly not only not motivated to to follow through with resolutions or commitments I've made, but I can't get out of bed in the morning. Like, okay, it's one thing to lose some motivation. It's another thing to like really feel terrible. Like I need to go back and like quantify like why I'm feeling this way or what, what things are working in my life and what things are contributing to like a more negative, um, like like mindset in my own life. And so, so there is, I mean, there is some good, like quantifying things isn't all bad, but it can be very, very destructive if that's the only thing. Like at the end of the day, I just want to look in the mirror and know that like I've done my best no matter what I've been given. And you don't always have those days. Like I'm going to have days that I look in the mirror and I go, I really could have done better emotionally. I could have shown up better. I could have physically done better, whatever. Um, and then, then that's where the new start comes in, where you're like, and then there's tomorrow. Right. A new slate. Clean slate. Then right. there's 2020. New year. Right. New me. Next <laughs> new decision, though. Like, like my next yeah. decision can be this. My next decision can be that. Um, so, yeah, like, the resolution thing is so weird. Because for some, yeah, for some people, like, it's a big deal. And it, it helps motivate them. For other people, it's just like, okay. I just know everything this year feels a little like, I just want to... I just want to live. Yeah. I just want to survive. Like, kind of. I don't really want, like, a giant. Like, we could all stand to read more and work out more right. and do all. Of, I mean, not everybody, I guess. There are people who <laughs> work out plenty. And right. I feel like I read quite a bit. So that's not, like, my goal this year. Yeah. I mean, I mean but it's not even a resolution. It's just, like, a, no. eh, like, if I read more, awesome. Right. If I don't, whatever. Do you have a specific <laughs> book you want to read? I don't. I know. <laughs> it's a really boring I saw resolution. it read um, Sarah Bessie's new book. <gasps> you need to read it. It's good. Miracles. What's it called? No, I forgot. Uh, oh, Miracles and Other Ordinary. No. Something like that, Things? yeah. Yeah. It's supposed to be really good. If you've read Jesus Feminist, like I have, like six times. <laughs> it's another Reasonable so, Things, that's what it is. Miracles and Other Reasonable Things. Yeah, yeah, Other Reasonable mm. Things. If we have the time. We do. Girl Wash Your Face, or what is it? Who oh. is that author? Rachel yeah, Hollis. Rachel Hollis. I, someone who I will not name, put that on their Christmas list. You didn't year. buy it for them, did you? I didn't. I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't do it. And it wasn't that book specifically. It was books within that vein and also yeah. that were faith-based. Yeah. And I ended up buying a similar book that I just could stand giving money to the author. Um, <laughs> Been there. <laughs> and so, yeah, I don't, I just, I couldn't do it. Yeah, so there are some issues with, um, I'll say it, Rachel Hollis. Um, a lot of people really like her, but um, once she ripped off a lot of other people's ideas and sayings, there's a lot of plagiarism, which is problematic for me. Like, if you're writing a book, especially, like, targeted toward Christians, then please make sure that you are morally and ethically upright in actually, like, writing the book. It also very much uses God as an accessory to, like, sell books. It's It's very... It's very strange. It's very. I haven't read anything by her. Yeah, um, somebody highly recommended her book to me, and I tried to read it, and it like started out with a lot of fat shaming, 
Yeah. It was basically about, like, how you should hate yourself if you're overweight. Yeah. And that's where I already automatically like, go. All right. Hmm. Like, that's not any sort of, um, one, I, I don't know how that's motivating for people. Um, and it also just makes people who don't fit into this specific um, view, like, it dehumanizes them. Like, that's not a Christian book if it's dehumanizing people or if it uses shame in order to motivate. Yeah. That's not my... Not my Christianity. Nope. And so if, if <laughs> For some people, it is their Christianity. <laughs> right. But it becomes very procedural, too. Like, um, do this and this and this and this, and you'll be successful. But again, if we go back to what we define success as... Right. Um, is it being thin and having a business and, you know, especially from somebody who writes from a perspective of having a lot given to them, um, that's not realistic for most people. Yeah. So, yeah, it, I have um, some fundamental issues with... Um, like the self-help slash prosperity gospel Christian books. Yeah, no, I think that, I think there's something to say for, you know, degrees and, and being educated in the path that you want to fall down and authors are people and people are sure. problematic and make mistakes. Um, I also think that anything that is so polished and clean that comes across as a self-help book is probably not going to be that helpful. Right. It's, it seems, and again, I haven't read anything. I have only know from what I've heard and what I can get information off the internet, which who knows if that's reliable at all. <laughs> but um, it's very, like, clean, Instagrammable Christianity. Right. Yeah. And that seems always suspect to me, I think. Yeah, because that is not at all how. Right. Because Christianity, like, in my field this week, looked like me chasing a kid down an alley because he thought he was in trouble. And so I chased him. Mm-hmm. He was not in trouble. I had Christmas <laughs> gifts for him, but he, like, wouldn't stop running. I didn't know where he lived, but that's not Instagrammable. Like, how to, like, me, like, chasing right. down a kid, you know. Well, and we've talked extensively about how, like, ministry things, um, Liz says this a lot, shouldn't necessarily be for fodder. Like, there yeah. shouldn't be, um. Like, that it, story, any story shouldn't be used for a fundraising fodder kind of thing. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, sometimes we don't realize we're doing it um, because it feels like it's for the greater good, but we use the stories of other people to promote, like for self-promotion. And I think you have to be really careful that you're not, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like exposing someone else's life for your own. Yeah. Like exploitative. Yeah. Yeah. Like, um, like you're exploiting a story of pain in order to get money or attention um, on your ministry. And that's something you have to be, so careful of and and maybe I come from this perspective a little bit because I was like a poor east side kid who um like I had a mentor at one point who would very much like we'd be out to lunch and we'd like run into a friend and she would like say um oh this is my friend Sarah she like lives on the east side and it was very much like a self-promoting thing like I've taken this girl um like this poor kid under my wing and it always made me feel like I was being used for for yeah lesser than because yeah. that's yeah. how she was and here. I don't ever think that that was like the motivation I think that for the most part and we've talked about this before like people have good motives they just don't realize yeah. that like like that your tragic life experiences should not necessarily be used for their self promotion yeah um and or they don't even realize they're doing it or even yeah they're and even just to, you know do it for themselves like like you said self promotion or even just to attention. Make them feel good. Yeah, to make them attention. feel good. To make them feel good like, about oh, them. saviorism. Like totally. Um, and so there is a bit of that, like, where you have to be, and you should be, 
like so careful not to accidentally exploit people for yeah. your own. Um, and I try again, to be really careful about that. Well, and that goes back to sort of the whole, like, how do you quantify goals, you know, in ministry? And how do you make um, it Instagrammable? Like, ooh, it's hard. Like, because that's right. all part of business. And... Right. And it's one thing if it's a business. You know, I can post a testimonial if I run a business about whatever and post it to Instagram and post happy pictures. But in ministry, everything's very different. Yeah. And so if you have job goals and you're in ministry, like, you might not be able to adequately express um the ways you've met those goals without accidentally hurting someone else and so it's better to not yeah so i i really think in some of those things the best stories that we've ever told have been when we've empowered our students to tell them themselves like right. you tell this story right you know and let's see what happens don't let, don't let me be the always the voice for you you have a voice but you use right. your words you use your experiences. you can also you speak from it. your experiences like yeah. I can speak from my experiences here I don't necessarily have to out anybody's experiences I can say you know there have been some needs or there have been this and that and like um I feel like God's given me the tools or or whatever to um, help in those situations and I'm thankful for that without ever having to like out like that someone else like I did some great thing for someone else or yeah this person was in a bad place and I saved them right it's more I think if you're helping anyone it's more I'm gonna try and set you up and give you the tools that you need and then you save yourself like well it's funny somebody um I wrote about an experience that I had had one time where someone was introducing me to someone else and it was that same sort of like oh this is Sarah her family's a disaster we were nice to her like (laughs) sort of and it just made me like right away like I was on my defense because if someone doesn't know anything about you and this is the only thing, like I really believe in letting people have agency over their own stories and their own whatever. And so I, I immediately felt like, you know, on the defense. And I had written something about it on Twitter and somebody said, oh, it's kind of like when you meet somebody and they have a dog and you're like, oh, I love your dog. And they're like, oh, she's a rescue. Like there's almost this like, why do you have to say that? Like that says something about you rescuing the dog. Like what does it matter if the dog's a rescue, but, but that it always like bothered him that someone would right away, like, like say, oh, well, they're a rescue. Well, who are you? Why do you have to tell someone that the dog's a rescue? Is it for your own, um, like, oh, they rescued a dog. How great. Or is it to excuse some negative behavior they may have? Or like, what is it that, that causes us to immediately use a negative as... Labels in general are hard because people, again, it goes all, everything circles back. But it goes all the to way the back. To the Enneagram. To the Enneagram. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it's, well, it's like variety or like not labeling people as one thing or like negatively, yeah. but totally. Like, why do you have to say that you saved someone or that? Yeah. And, and again, I don't think that it's sinister. I don't mm. think people say that just like I don't think that introduction was a sinister, like, way to introduce me as much as it just made, like, we have to be aware of like, um, like how we make other people feel feel we all have to be a little bit of a two sometimes Aww. and with that note <laughs> we've been doing this for an hour wow. we should probably wrap up i know but um it's always good to have these conversations and yeah. i say that every single time we have a podcast do. <laughs> um but it's true like part of the reason we wanted to start this podcast is because we wanted to have these conversations that are um a little less surfacey um yeah in a way that kind of invites other people in. So as always, um, you can email us at inthekitchenpodcast at gmail.com if you have questions or 
there's something on the podcast you would like to discuss. Olivia, it's been great to have you. Yeah, thanks Thank for, you so much. Thanks so much for being here, and we will talk to you guys soon. See you later. Bye. Bye.